Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Len. And we want to welcome, from the Kill by Kill podcast, Gina Radcliffe. Hello. Hello. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. (laughs) This is uh, Minute 63 of Fright Night. It begins with Jerry and the club and ends with Jerry doing his Jaws impression. So, uh, Gina, uh, we're actually doing, uh, we usually do, you know, like uh, minutes uh, one through five or six through zero, and it corresponds to the week. So Gina is going to be with us here in the middle of the week and on into the next week because Gina uh, very much wanted uh, a certain scene. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Am I the only only one that specifically asked for a specific scene? Uh, No, no, not not at all. Not at all. Okay. Okay. uh, but it just so happens it starts at 63. So I've already uh, done a couple odd ones here to kind of fill in the fill in the blanks. And uh, so so we are going to be doing five minutes with uh, Gina. It's just going to start now and then go into next week. So uh, ah okay yeah yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so why don't we just. Um, would would you like to talk about maybe why you picked these minutes now, or do you want to just kind of uh, go through them with us and talk specifically about things? I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking specifically, but... <laughs> well, I, I I will say that without getting into too much detail, that the this scene had a... It was a very special place in my in my teenage years. <laughs> I I was probably about fourteen when when I saw this movie for the first time, and it made a very very big impression on me. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's I think a lot of people for this scene, you know, particularly people my age in their forties, like this is the scene. Yeah, that you kind of have that weird crossover of horror and sexuality, and it's like I don't know if I should be feeling this way. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling this way about this. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, when you look at horror movies, this is not at all the first horror movie to kind of incorporate. It's particularly movies about vampires. I mean, that's kind of just their thing. Mm -hmm. But I think this is the first time I'd seen a movie that had that kind of impression on me. Yeah. And and I was talking to Len about this. I'm like, thank goodness we have, like, a girl. (laughs) for this. (laughs) Just two dudes talking about, you know, a vampire humping a teenage girl on the the dance floor. You know, it it might be. Well, it it helps that she. It, it helps that she's not a particularly convincing-looking teenager. So I, yes. I, I think that the the, you know, the discomfort level that, that could be present isn't quite there. I mean, she's playing a teenager, but does not look like a teenager. Uh, all right. Well, we'll get started here. Uh, it, it starts with Jerry entering the club, but I do want to fill in a little blank because there was originally a scene before this. And so I have the script in front of me. And, uh, you know, we had Evil Ed have his run-in with Peter Vincent and crash out the window, and we don't really see him again until we see him cackling in the back of the Jeep. But there was actually a scene between Evil Ed and Jerry uh, before even Jerry goes into the club. Yeah. 
Hmm. Uh, I'm going to read from the script here. Uh, Evil Ed talks to Jerry from the back seat of the parked Jeep. Uh, Jerry sitting shotgun with Billy at the wheel. Jerry, with a growl of inhuman rage, says, What? <laughs> his, his hand snaps out, grabbing Evil Ed and jerking him forward into the spill of light from the overhead street lamp. The sign of the cross is clearly seen on his forehead. Jerry stares at it in revulsion. He says, What is Evil Ed crying piteously? He had a cross. And Jerry says, Fool. Which is, uh, you know, a big word from earlier in the movie. Uh, That's his catchphrase. Yeah, his catchphrase. <laughs> this scene, it says, Jerry slams him back into the seat with so much force the crossbar that holds it bend uh, holds it in place bends jerry leaps out of the jeep slamming the door behind him evil ed and billy staring after him as he strides toward the entrance of the club so i thought that was interesting yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of glad they cut i'm kind of glad they cut that out <laughs> yeah i can live without that you know it just uh you know ed was last seen crashing out the window and now he's in the back of this jeep at, right. the, at the end of all these so um I don't know. I it's I, I was kind of wondering, you know, how where the hell he went. Yeah, what happened. You know? Did they just did they just politely you know, drive up and pick him up or something? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that does. Yeah, that is actually mentioned it. It's like, well, how did he get there? Yeah, and in the in the Evil Ed scenes, uh, I talked with another guest specifically about like, well, how like Evil Ed was turned into a vampire like five minutes ago. How did he? You know, re, you know, have such confidence that the master is going to get back at Peter or anything. You know, so it's interesting to have this outside conversation with Jerry and Ed that doesn't involve you know Charlie or Peter. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here we go. Jerry entering the club. Um, there was a huge line out front. I'm, I'm wondering how he got in so quickly. Well, I mean, look at him. <laughs> I mean, he he clearly used mind control to get past that that uh, yeah, that cover charge. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I like that he's just got he's just got this like kind of middle aged single dad like sweater on and all. It, it's so great. That neckline so is something great. else. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> See a lot of collarbone there. Uh, it makes me uncomfortable. And the pleated pants. <laughs> Right. And the pleated pants, yeah. <laughs> I came up with ideas of how he got in. Like, first, was there a huge line? There was a huge line out front, so did he wait patiently, show his ID? <laughs> <laughs> His ID says he's like 150 years old or something. <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly. And I was thinking, like, does Jerry have ID? Like, you know, minute by minute podcast, we look at the minutia, you know. Uh, other options are he turned into smoke and then just floated in, or like he turned into a bat and flew through the skylight and then landed on the landing. <laughs> <laughs> or the bouncer asked him for his ID, and what would Jerry say? Yeah. Fool. Fool. <laughs> Leon! No, that's later. Um, <laughs> Uh, so the script says, Jerry Dandridge sweeps through the front door of the club, moving like a god among mere mortals, his eyes now glowing a faint red, sweeping the crowd of dancers as he moves towards the dance floor. Um, I, I like the, the addition of the, his eyes just kind of glowing, you know, but, mm. you know, we don't see Yeah, the <laughs> they didn't go through with that. He just looks kind of regular. He's kind of normal. Like, I had the clip running while I'm talking to you, and he yeah. just, you know, he's kind of, he's very smoldering, uh-huh. very smoldering, but no, no, no red eyes. Um, nobody's really reacted to him yet, but I do, I, I would think that, you know, teenagers would be like, oh, great, dad's here. <laughs> <laughs> who's he looking for? Yeah, who's he picking up? Here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say the the music for this uh, this moment was originally supposed to be um, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh, <laughs> really? good heavens! Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> a little on the nose. Wow. <laughs> Couldn't afford it, I'm sure. Uh-huh. I, I can't think of anybody erotically dancing to Thriller. <laughs> I just imagine, like, Jerry and Amy later just doing the Thriller dance. Like, that's the way that he seduces her. He's doing those zombie thrusts, you know? <laughs> uh, the song they edited the scene to, though, was David Bowie's Criminal World. I'm okay. not really familiar with that song, but that was one they wanted to put in there as well, uh, but couldn't afford it. it. Well, the song that they ended up with is, is pretty Bowie-like. It is. It is. It is. It's uh, by uh, Ian Hunter, who was, um, if you are a fan of glam rock, he was Mott the Hoople, sure. who did uh, All the, all young, the young Dudes. dudes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I have a little trivia on him. Uh, his his trademark was he always wore sunglasses. Uh, Mott the Hoople couldn't break through commercially, and just as the band was about to break up, a fan of theirs offered to write a song, and that was David Bowie. First he wrote them Suffrag- Suffragette City, and Ian was like, nah. <laughs> 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 and then apparently Bowie like sat on the floor of their studio, pulled out an acoustic guitar, and played them all the young dudes. And and you know they were totally won over by the song, and uh, they got up to number three on the UK singles chart. Hmm. Um, I always thought that the song itself, the All the Young Dudes, like sounded like Bowie. I always used to think it was David Bowie singing that. <laughs> yeah, it's very Bowie. Yeah. Yeah, he well he's I'm pretty sure he's in background there. So it kinda yeah. counts yeah. As, a, as a Bowie song, I think. So Yeah, it, you know, it's the Mata Hoople version that's more famous. Uh but he did he did record it, I believe. I think he put it on Aladdin Sane and uh played it a lot during the Ziggy Stardust tour. Um What's more Bowie than Bowie? Would it be Brett and Jermaine uh, <laughs> as Bowie talking to Bowie? This is Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me out there, man? Uh, <laughs> just a few months ago, 80-year-old Ian Hunter took the stage and performed All the Young Dudes after being con- inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, two other big songs that got popular after uh, being after being recorded by another artist uh, was uh, Once Bitten, Twice Shy. That's, <laughs> that's another Ian Hunter, Mott the Hoople. And uh, Cleveland Rocks. Hmm. Which was... No, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Cleveland Rock says in that 70s show? No, no, Drew Carey. Oh, Drew Carey, right. So Great White got, you know, that was a huge hit for them, uh, for, for Great White for uh, Once Bitten, Twice Shy. And uh, Presidents of the United States of America uh, recorded the theme for the Drew Carey show. Okay. What the hell's a Wisconsin? Hello, Wisconsin, at the end of that 70s show. And, yeah. and that song is a... Um, is originally a, a 70s group that are, their name is escaping me right know. now, but... Uh, Not in yeah. my notes. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I knew Mott the Hoople with, and uh, all the young dudes without notes. Catch up, man. Hey, I, I, I just can't, you know, I, I read the notes and then I just totally forget about things, so that's me. <laughs> oh, man, that 70s show is going to drive me crazy now. Uh, go ahead and Google. And we'll I'm not talk. Google. I'm going to look in my iTunes for a second. Oh, okay. You have the song in your iTunes? I have the original. I have that band somewhere, yeah. Oh, I don't. I'm not going to look. It's Big Star. Big Star. Okay. Big Star. Okay. All right, Gina, you heard it here first. <laughs> Big Star. I'm writing it down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the song is called uh, "Good Man in a Bad Time" uh, for here on Fright Night. Uh, very seductive song. Uh, some really good bass in there. Some 80s synth. Did, did, what, do you, what do you think of this song? I, I love it. I mean, it's definitely on. I was very surprised to uh, to see that it's on Spotify. Yeah. Um, it's one of those. I think it's one of those uh, weird partial soundtracks where it's only uh, 
has like maybe half the songs they were able to get the rights to right. have on on Spotify. So it was like it was like that and the Spark song, um, the Armies of the Night. Those like the only two songs oh, yeah. I think that they currently have available, which is which works because those are the only two songs I think are really genuinely really genuinely slap as the kids say. So <laughs> slap, I love it. We're a kids show now. That's awesome. The kids the, the, the love that one. Uh, yeah, the lyrics are perfect too. I wrote down a couple of nights calling under blood red skies, uh, soft voices seduce you, a butterfly in a spider's web. Um, don't cry, darling. I'll be with you all night, darling, deep within you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my, just kind of like thinking about this, like Jerry might actually see himself as a good man in a bad time. Like you know, he's this is this is this is his life, and he's you know he's surviving, and deep inside he knows that you know what what he wants is probably best. <laughs> <laughs> and let me char Charlie's a real drip in this. So I mean I can see I I, I can see where he might think he's doing the right thing by essentially seducing Amy away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody's actually come hard for Charlie. I oh gosh, uh, he, look, neither, he, is, yeah. neither is Amy. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, but nobody Yeah, no, he's he's a yeah, he's definitely just an absolute wet noodle of a hero. He really is. <laughs> You're hurting my feelings. I'm an absolute wet noodle of a podcast co-host. Yeah, you're you're hosting a Friday night podcast on a Friday night. It's we're, good. we're 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 I'm a wet noodle. We're married. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm guessing on a fright night podcast <laughs> of a holiday weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Uh, so we cut to Charlie trying to call Peter, and the club is so loud that he turns to kind of cut down on all the noise. And Amy turns away to look at the crowd and spots Jerry, and for some reason doesn't scream. She doesn't get frightened, even though he was kind of playing the boogeyman out in the alleys. Uh, well, now she's hypnotized by his uh, smoldering. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they've got some maximum eye contact going on, so I think that's all it takes. Yeah. I sort of want Wayne and Garth to shuffle in right now and Wayne to do the doo you know. <laughs> oh, it will be mine. Oh, yes, it will be mine. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, this is this is what I was talking about being Jaws. Like Jerry just cuts back and forth across the cu- a crowd, back and forth, moving closer and closer, like mm. a shark stalking its prey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is the part where uh, I love. I didn't notice this, uh, you know, in my usual watches, but you know, watching it come like second by second, second minute by minute, I noticed that women are like touching him. Yeah, yeah. Walking by. Yeah. I didn't even realize that, but so cool. Um. And yeah, even one blonde like reaches out and like caresses like his face and the, his hair. Um, the script says Amy stiffens, staring out into the dance floor at the sea of people moving through the dancers like a golden god moving among mere mortals. He's Tom Holland's big on that. <laughs> Walks Jerry Dandridge. The hot colored lights of the dance floor highlight his hair, accentuating his gracefulness, making him even more beautiful than he is. So uh, he's pretty beautiful. I mean, I, I can't, I can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I maybe you know because you you seem like you've done a lot of research. I don't know who, if, who they particularly originally had in mind for for this role. I mean, I know usually it's not always the person they end up casting in it, but I mean, they they cast this role pretty well. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if uh, if there was any. I know uh, I just know for you know that he was sent the script. He was he was you know unsure about it, and then he had a discussion with Tom Holland and. Uh, it clicked and he wanted to be so much a part of it he ended up like 
you know, in, not only inhabiting the role of Jerry Dandridge, but like helping write some of the motivations, you know, like the apple, like the, the painting of Amy, uh, that stuff is all Chris Sarandon's ideas. So I'm, this movie without Chris Sarandon might've been not, you know, not as good, you know? Right. Um, I can't imagine like who would they cast around that time to play Jerry Dandridge? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of who were the big, you well, Chris really yeah, wasn't yeah. that big. I mean, he 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 wasn't. No, he's he, been in he some great movies, but he's never been like a. He wasn't the Brad Pitt of his era, you know. <laughs> no, no. Well, he was a little older. I think he was he was already in his forties. For I sure, think, yeah. he did this role, which is which is surprising. Mm-hmm. And I think to general audiences, he's mostly known as being Susan Sarandon's ex husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then of course, like a couple years later, he was known for being Prince Humperdinck, which right. is which is crazy to me that these are his two best. <laughs> known role yeah. is, is Prince Humperdinck and Jerry Dandridge. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Tom Cruise? <laughs> no, probably oh, too young. Too time. young, yeah. He, he would have been too young, and I mean, I think that he worked all surprisingly well in, in, in Interview with a Vampire, but of course that was a completely right. different kind of vampire. Jack Palance. Uh, Well, you know, maybe we'll have the opportunity. It's a question to write down because we are going to have to fill the hour. We we hope that we will get Tom Holland on the podcast. So that would be a great um, that'd be a great question for him. Yeah, that would that is yeah. Like, who were you picturing when you when you wrote this? That's yeah. We may have been picturing Chris Sarandon. Uh, he could have been, and I, I do know that. Oh, <laughs> well, I know. Uh, I think Roddy's character, uh, Peter Vincent, was going to be um, Vincent Price, right? Vincent Price, yeah. Yeah, uh, but. Oh well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But so we don't. I guess we'll have to ask. We'll have to, we'll have to figure just, it out. I thought of Rutger Hauer as oh, Jerry Dandridge. I okay. thought that might work. That's of age appropriate of the era. That would, be, yeah, that would be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford, if he could do some pointing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to kill you, Charlie. Charlie, yeah. <laughs> fool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, just watching this scene, I was thinking about like my younger years, reading a whole bunch of like Anne Rice novels and just listening to goth music and just like desperately <laughs> wanting to get laid and wishing I had the power of Jerry Dandridge just kind of walk into a club and be like, "You're my." You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I don't know. My fantasies at that age were were not as sophisticated. I think I was more of like a Porky's, like <laughs> spying the girls in the locker room yeah. kind of fantasy. <laughs> so glad we have a girl on these minutes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Jerry draws closer and closer, and uh, is soon just a few feet away, and. I, I feel bad I found this. We we have a bit of a goof at, at the end of this minute. Um, did you? I don't know if you noticed, but in the last 10 seconds, Jerry walks from left to right behind a, you know, a black guy is standing there and from behind a mirror and then like behind a mirrored column. But as he's going behind it, the, the column actually picks up his reflection just for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There it is. Okay. Yeah, you see kind of like the back of him. Yeah, you know, that, that great sweater and uh, when he comes back out it doesn't really it doesn't really show as much maybe the you know the people moved a little bit to cover it up or I don't know I can't imagine they cut it out I, I don't know um, but uh, yeah that's that's pretty much it for this minute 
Um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about that happened within this these sixty seconds of time? <laughs> um, I, I really like uh, Amy's smart little plaid jacket. I, I think it's a it's, it's a nice look to wear. Like, in, in keeping with the fact that she is clearly a thirty year old actress playing a teenager, <laughs> she her outfit here is is a marvel because she looks like she's going to teach Sunday school. She's got the. I mean, I realize that that's probably. You know, intentional to to you know kind of make her stand out from the other women in the crowd. She's got this little you know little plaid blazer on, and then like you know this little button down shirt and this like you know ankle length skirt. <laughs> this is a very like since it's not an outfit you you would expect a a teenager in nineteen eighty five to 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 be wearing. Yeah, yeah, I I'm not much for style. I I, I was always you know I, I spent a long time on an earlier podcast trying to figure out. Uh, why some jackets have elbow patches, but that's about as much as I have <laughs> style. Yeah, everybody, everybody except Jerry dresses like they're like grad school professors <laughs> for some reason. I, I have no idea why. I, I do want to point out that I think it's interesting that there is not a lot of dialogue in 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 this scene. It's, yeah. I mean, in, in the whole you know five minute sequence, you've got yeah, you know, you've got Charlie trying to get a hold of of, of Peter. And then you've got you know him and Jerry talking to, but like Jerry and and uh, Amy don't talk to each other at all, which is you know, very powerful. Mm-hmm. You know everything's just done with you you know, very meaningful eye contact, and and you know just it's a very uh, he doesn't have to talk her into coming out on the dance floor with him. She he's like you know sticks his hand out. She's like all right, I guess I'm doing this, and that's it. You know I mean yeah. At, at this point, do you think do you think she's caught in the vampire trance like immediately as soon as she makes eye contact with him? Or is this a, you know, she's got a little curiosity in her eyes, you know? So I, I, there's parts of these minutes where Amy looks kind of like she's in a, like a trance, like zombie eyes, you know? Uh, especially, you know, later when she gets let out. But right here, I don't know, I see a little bit of like, who, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. I gotta figure this out for myself, you know? She's not yelling for Charlie. She's not scared. She's just like, hmm. I think she has the vapors <laughs> as my... Yeah, you know, I, my I, think she's, I think she's just like, oh shit, that sweater. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It's like, uh, I forget what cartoon, but it's like, oh, no, he's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And I just want to interject. uh, It's making me feel old. Back to the outfit. I still dress like Charlie Brewster to this day because <laughs> yes, I love this dude so much. When I was a kid, blue jeans and a sports coat. It's. I don't know that it was ever cool, but that's you know. Yeah, he alternates between Mario McFly and Charlie Brewster. Right. It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but uh, do you dress like Amy at all, Gina? Or? I don't. I I cannot pull. I've there's never been a time like when I've been able to pull off a, a plaid blazer. How about? I just it's just not a good look for me. How about butterfly clips? <laughs> I think I might have had a few butterfly clips around this time period. Yeah, I never had the I never had the little short haircut. That, uh, that's a hard that's a hard thing to pull off. But I did have the clips. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, I think we can wrap this minute up. We've we've done this pretty well. Um, did you want to uh, plug uh, your podcast? Yes, I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast, in which we talk about horror movies, uh, mostly focusing on the characters and the odd little details. Uh, we we just recently, as of this recording, we just finished up with um, a Nightmare on Elm Street three, and we're about to get into part four. Mm-hmm. So uh, you just look us up on. on 
iTunes, and we're on Twitter under Kill by Kill Pod. Um, yeah, it's a, we've been we're on. We just celebrated our third anniversary, and we, we for the very first time we had to take we had to push everything back a week, and it was just like like oh my god, I can't believe this this is a complete failure because we had to push it back a week, and it was like so far the only time in three years that we've missed an episode. Well, we are so delayed in publishing our podcast that uh, you'll be on your fourth year by the time this comes out. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I I don't know what movie we're going to be on. Probably still somewhere in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, but I don't know if we're necessarily going to be. (laughs) Yeah, possibly the remake by that point. That's true. All right, well, thank you, Gina. Uh, Thank you. All right, well, we're going to put a stake in this minute. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Min. Send your feedback to Fright Night Minute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. And I'm Gina. Thanks for listening. Have a fright night, everyone. <laughs> He's a vampire. A what? <laughs> <laughs> You're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> <laughs>